Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Black Queen's Republic. So we're talking about immigration today. Uh, I'm excited because we are immigrants, so we have a lot of experience in this area. I'm a... Uh -huh. I'm, I don't think I'm any generation immigrant. I was born in Uganda and Asha is born in Canada, so we're yeah. gonna talk from that perspective. Tell the viewers like where you're actually like from, like your family. Oh, okay, so I was born in Canada, Toronto. In fact, I was born uh, in Etobicoke. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so I really haven't left in. <laughs> and my family, my mom and my dad came to Canada from Somalia. They came to Canada in 1988. Oh, wow. Um, so a little bit before the Civil War happened, which was in 1991. Mm -hmm. So that's when civil unrest happened in Somalia. Mm -hmm. My family the signs, and they were like, oh, we better get out of here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at the time, my mom was living in Somalia. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, she was born in, she lived most of her life in Kenya. Mm -hmm. She is ethnically Somali, but her, her mom came and then, had her in, in Kenya and lived there. My mom speaks really good English, so she was working with the UN. She was mm -hmm. translating. Mm -hmm. She originally was in Hargeisa, which is a city in Somalia. Mm -hmm. Well, Somaliland now. They're anyway, it's a long story, but yeah, uh, yeah, now known as Somaliland. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, so she was translating, so she lived there, and that's where she met my dad. Oh, my dad is okay. originally from Mogadishu, the capital, mm -hmm. but he was working there. Mm -hmm. So they met, they got married. Mm -hmm. So Somalia, we had a president called Tiabre. Yeah. And he was doing, I would like to describe it as ethnic cleansing of my mom's tribe. He was like outwardly killing his own people from a certain tribe. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, it got so bad that even my mom got arrested there. So my parents were like, oh, we better get out of here because mm -hmm. they saw, like, before it even got, like, all of Somalia, they were already experiencing issues. Right. So, yeah, they just wanted to leave because there was unrest. And they came to Canada. Well, actually, my mom was pregnant with my old sister. Her whole journey to come to Canada, she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. and she didn't know the whole time she was scared she's like i don't know when i'm gonna give birth like she could have gave birth on the plane luckily when she finally got to quebec mm -hmm. she gave birth yeah she was going through a lot of stress um i can imagine yeah, a lot of issues um she got robbed in new york like it was a whole ass mess but um, they made they made it here yeah they made it here and my mom thought oh thank god we made it here we can rest. We yeah. can we can chill. We've made it. Little right. did you know, a lot of more issues would happen. Uh, oh yeah. Just with the fact that you know, I think my family, my mom and my dad were traumatized. I don't know exactly what they saw. And then there was a cultural barrier because I would say my parents were lucky because they knew English. I know a lot of other people; they, their parents didn't know English when they were coming, and that makes it even harder. Mm-hmm. There was a huge cultural barrier, 
And I remember my mom came, when they came to Canada, they came to Quebec first. And when they came to Quebec, mm -hmm. it was during the time, I, I don't know if you remember in the 80s, Quebec was trying to break off from Canada. They've been do trying to do that for a long time. Yeah, but in the 80s, it was really bad. Like, they really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, at the time, they were not even, they didn't want to speak English even. So, my mom didn't know uh, even a little bit of French. And mm -hmm. she's a pregnant woman, and they made her sit there, and they wouldn't see her because she didn't speak French. Mm -hmm. And only after uh, my mom got angry and started, like, making a commotion, they finally see see her because that's how the Canadian way. Mm -hmm. I always say it's the Canadian way. So, like, they're racist towards you, and then... When you scream about it and you make a big fuss about it, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. And they do mm -hmm. it for you. So that's what happened. Mm, that's a lot. <laughs> I moved to Canada 16 or 17, 15 to 16 years ago. Not under the best circumstances. My mom moved to Canada because I had a violent, grew up with a violent father. And just about a year after, she had been in a coma and just like he had, you know, this was like the last, the last straw. And she was actually, she was going to lose her life, right? She decided, okay, I need to get away from this man. So that's how she left. I remember it was like nighttime. It was like August of the year 2000. And she, like, you know, she snuck out and, and left and got, you know, we escorted her to the airport. And then I didn't see my mother for another four years, you know? And, um,. Mm. I mean, I understood because literally the year before that, my my mom was in a coma for weeks and then had to learn how to walk again and do all those type things. My dad really did a number on her. So when she finally managed to get out of the hospital, I think she realized that, oh, you know what? This guy could kill me. Mm. And uh, um, un unfortunately, my mom is not alive anymore, but uh, she moved here August of the year 2000 and I, we joined her around four years later i was 13. i always imagined canada to be not even canada because i didn't even know canada existed until my mother moved here my grandmother's husband was an ambassador here and so that helped with you know kind of us my mom knowing like what canada was because she'd been here before when my 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 grandmother's husband was the ambassador so she'd lived yeah. here before and She'd kind of seen what it was like, and so when, when she was asked by the embassy where she wanted to go, she said, okay, I want to move to Canada. When I, always, when I was in Uganda, I always pictured the Western world to be this ideal place, you know, because yeah. that's what you see in the movies, you know, you see... I remember watching like, the movie I can think of, I don't know if you remember Richie Rich, or if you're too young to remember it, but yeah yeah i used to love that movie yeah richie rich was like oh my god wow you know look how these people are just doing well oh yes like you know that was my yeah. point of reference when i moved to canada i was i was that's what i was expecting yeah expecting to have this nice life and i couldn't believe i was finally not only reunited with my mom but I was in this country that I had seen in the movies, you know, it felt like a dream come true. 
I was mm. sad of course to leave Uganda and like the only life I ever knew but uh, the only white people I'd ever met at that time were like my aunt um <laughs> my aunt married a white guy that's the only white man I had had ever interacted with like in my and of course the kids I went to school with but that was about it yeah but I came here uh <laughs> went to uh was in grade 7 And the moment I moved here, so when you move to Canada, they'd make you do a test, right? If you're a child, they make you do yeah. a test so that you can see where they can see where to place you. So I I was placed grade 7 because that that was where that's the grade I was in when I left Uganda. When I got to school, they put me in ESL everything. And so I was like I didn't of course I didn't know what ESL was, right? So I gladly yeah. went and joined I, can I just say it was fun. Every time you did something they would give you a chocolate chip cookie. It was the best. <laughs> you know, they would give you treats. They would give you like like if you were the first to finish, they would be like, "Okay, you get a treat. You get a treat. You get a treat." Like it was the most amazing thing. Like it was so easy. I will never forget the time the teacher said spell advantage. and everybody yeah. was like uh deal oh my god and then i put up my hand and i was like a d v a n t a g like you know and the teacher was like wow oh my god so then when i would hand in my work he was he would be like why are you in esl your english is so good you and then i was like i don't even know what that is but then he's like eh whatever you know So I take my grades back to my mom 100% everything except for gym. <laughs> <laughs> except for gym. So I take back my grades and I'm, my mom sees 100% and she's like, "Uh-uh, this no, this doesn't seem right." <laughs> why, why are you performing so well? only for her to read in detail um that I was in ESL she goes to the school and she's like why did you put my child in ESL and by this time it's like grade 8 right wow um she's like why and then they're like oh because she she's new to the country and she's like but I gave you her immigration test she passed and so she cussed them out and she's like just because my child is black you put her in ESL you assumed Africa ESL Hmm? Yeah. And the woman was like you could just see her like shaking. So that was my first introduction to like welcome <laughs> to Canada. Doesn't matter whether you speak English or not. You know, Canada is is funny in that there's a requirement to speak English. There's yeah. a requirement to be an English speaker. But then we have these little things when the English has an accent attached to it we have an issue we assume that person is not smart yeah when the English is not you know up to par in a way that we want that Canadians want it to be we have a problem with it when that person, when that English speaker is not coming from they they were not born in Canada we have a problem with it when the english speaker does not have canadian experience quote on quote we still have a problem with it so the issue isn't really that we don't the english people are not speaking english the problem is y'all are racist <laughs> exactly um i had a classmate 
who talked about this out loud in class. She's from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And the only language they really speak in Jamaica is the English. English. And they still put her in ESL. They put a Jamaican in ESL? Yes. Wow. <laughs> they put a Jamaican in ESL. They only speak English in Jamaica. Exactly. Also, I have to say, um, in the Somali communities, I have this one kid. We all call each other like family, you know? Like, she's an elder, so we just call her aunt, uh, auntie or whatever. Um, so basically, she has a son, and her son has uh, speech uh, difficulties. Like, he has a stutter. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to say things out loud. Mm-hmm. They put him in ESL. The boy was born and raised in Canada. He doesn't even know Somali. Oh my god! <laughs> so because he 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 stammers. Yeah. But stammer like I this is the thing that I don't understand. We have like Canada has this system where you know they, Canada prides itself in being a mosaic and you know we're just so multicultural and we just like love everybody and like everybody's just like this a great person but then most industries lack you know representation and common sense yeah because because I, when you really think of what is what is Canadian experience, what does that mean? When you actually think about it, like what does it actually mean? It's a form of racism, gatekeeping jobs for Canadians. Uh-huh. Like because engineering in India is not different from engineering in Canada. In exactly. fact, India has one of the best um, healthcare systems in the world. And yet doctors come here and they can't go back to their practice. They're being told, oh, well, you have to. I, do you know how many Uber drivers I've met who are dentists, uh, opticians, doctors who are doing Uber because they're like, I, I just couldn't. They wanted Canadian experience. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when they come through immigration, mm-hmm. they vet for people who have high education, who have high-paying jobs, Mm -hmm. who can speak English. But then they get here. Yeah, exactly. But then they get here and they still don't have the jobs that you supposedly was a requirement. And then I don't understand. It's like, why even ask if they're not allowed to practice here? Why even ask? Yeah. Well, actually, I know why they ask. They want to make sure that they're not getting poor people. Do you think that this is something that is done on purpose? Do you think that this is a well thought out plan by the government when they have these rules about gatekeeping Canadian jobs and and gatekeeping sort of the industries, most industries where where immigrants can work? You think that it's something that is done on purpose? Of course, Jane. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. This whole system, there's nothing that they don't think out. Okay? Mm-hmm. Everything is well planned and is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's not that they didn't think about it. Yeah. They thought about it. And they find, like, they're very good at hiding their racism. Absolutely. In new laws, mm-hmm. new policies mm-hmm. that make it impossible for people of color to be treated equally. Yeah. And, and then keeping immigrants, if you look at the, there is a huge discrepancy with the amount of immigrants that are living under the poverty line. 
Mm. And I think that we... I think Canada does that on purpose because there's no way for a society to function unless for the rich to stay rich, poor people have to exist. Mm. Yeah. The, the oppressed have to outnumber those who are rich. That's how people like Jeff Bezos and, and all these people and Walter can stay rich. Um, yes. I want to talk about your experience being an immigrant in, in like, you know, going through the different institutions, whether that was school, whether that was work, whether that was, you know, going to the mosque. Yeah. How has your experience been? Because there's a, there's a connotation that when you are born in Canada, regardless of if being a black person, your life is some, is easier or it's easy than, yeah. uh, that you don't face struggles as much as new immigrants face or people that aren't born here what do you can you talk a little bit about your experience with that yeah so i think that in a sense it is easier when it comes to linguistics um what i have like i have quote-unquote no accent so that part of it is i would say i'm privileged in that part Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of stigma away from me the fact that i could just i can speak like a canadian but i wear a hijab mm-hmm. and i um, dress modestly the way i dress mm-hmm. it, i automatically get taken as a freshie like i have just came from a muslim country and find like a lot of some people they really do are shocked that i like speak english fluently and that I'm educated and that I have a mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that plays into phobia and the thought that what we view as Canadian is white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I even though I'm technically a Canadian, I never really felt like a quote-unquote Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when people look at me, they don't see me as Canadian. I'm not what is visioned as a comedian mm-hmm. and you're so, constantly reminded that with the messaging that, that you're you don't belong exactly so that was a big issue and then another thing is having immigrant parents my parents have always had this idea that like we have to put on the good immigrants kind of like a costume of the good immigrant so yes like you cannot the- disgrace the immigrants basically Exactly. Like you have this pressure of representing what an immigrant is. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my mom always tell me like, like, oh, you can't talk bad about Canada. It's people. By it's people, she means white people. Mm. <laughs> when I was younger, she's like, you can't talk bad about Canada or white people because they allowed you into their country. And this is not her fault. She really did believe that i had to tell her as i grew up and learned better i had mm-hmm. to like educate her on this but she really did think that this is their country and they did us a huge 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 favor by allowing us to be here let's basically. talk about that before you continue let's yeah. let's let's dissect that so white people under the uh the the, the facade of missionaries right mm-hmm. some so white people sat down and they because the first people to colonize i believe were the romans and the romans were really brutal 
they sat down and they were like, okay, so you, you know, the British, you guys will go, because most of the British went as missionaries to Africa. And then the Dutch, I cannot remember how the Dutch even, the Dutch came with full force to South Africa. They they are the worst they they were the worst of them all i i think in my opinion all all of them were terrible but the way the dutch entered south africa and zimbabwe and i was like oh my god this is this is a lot so you go to africa you strip africa uh, not even africa you strip these countries or these continents with of all their resources and yeah and i'm talking about the whites coming from europe they come to canada they go to america they go to new zealand strip them of everything in their country strip them of their land go to africa strip them of their resources destabilize economies and then they're like okay well we're done here and then they come back to canada or wherever they come back they go back to their original places and then they turn around and make and say in order to come to our countries you need this 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 and that they make a long list when i was coming impossible yeah you have to pay out of your out of your ass yeah to get all these required documents to do this to do that only to get here (laughs) only to get here to constantly be reminded that you are not, you will never be Canadian. Exactly. You will never be Canadian. We will make sure that we we don't have representation. So you don't even dream of being anywhere near us. We're going to make sure that we white everything up. We're going to make the grocery stores, everything on posters. We're going to make everything white on white to make uh-huh. sure that you never ever feel that you can ever even come to our level but yeah. then we're shocked when black people are like well or people people of color are like well that's just not for me that's a white people thing mm. we're shocked when people have that sort of belief system so no i'm not going to be quote-unquote grateful to white people exactly no. i i didn't come to canada for free my parents exactly. sold everything so i could come here my mom my mom sold her car she sold her businesses i didn't come here for free so nobody's doing me a favor exactly i had to teach my mom that later uh, i have to say that like when i was younger i was really upset about like <clears throat> how we would have to be a passive citizen in what i consider to be my own country right because right. at that point I, I had not left north america i had not left canada so mm-hmm. i had not seen africa i had not seen where my parents came from so this country it was all i ever knew and yet you're being told that you have to suppress yourself so white people can be comfortable and it's actually scary that just a couple of years ago i would say like maybe seven years ago Mm -hmm. i supported ideologies that continue to oppress black and indigenous people in a quest to prove that i'm canadian and show my gratitude for allowing my parents to live in this country this this great country of canada yeah (laughs) <laughs> but like i thank god every day that i did a lot of unlearning yes um, that's something yeah. that you know it's inevitable it has to happen because when you are born as a black person especially if you are a millennial 
you have yeah. probably learned from your parents terrible ways to sort of to live you're taught that you know my parents put me in international school because they felt that being taught by by white teachers was uh, better than having going to a Ugandan school and uh, not not by you know not like not something that's their fault but that's how they were taught to believe exactly and so in inevitably you do have to do unlearning and i will admit unlearning is tough and it's uncomfortable it when, really is when you come to the realization of how much the system wants you to fail and how much hard work you know that you're going to have to do just to be seen mm. it's it's hard mm. it's really really tough and and sometimes i'm like it's not that i don't blame people for just being uh passive and complacent but to be honest it's it's easier they say ignorance is bliss it really is yeah you know the lifespan of of black people is or, or you know is is so low because of all the stress so much stress Jane. i feel like every black person had anxiety mhm whether we we like to admit it or not we we do and it's because every time we do anything we're being harshly judged yeah and we were, we also don't know if we're going to get killed yeah and it's it's a That's thought you you we make jokes about it you know but like when black people joke about like not be not calling 911 we'll try to find every single route to avoid calling 911 but because we know that it could cause more harm than good to call the police exactly it's this unspoken you know stress and trauma and and anxiety that we just never ever talk about like you know when you're in a crisis and you're like oh when you're feeling unsafe but call you can call 911 i was like what is 911 going to do for me <laughs> except for for probably kill me <laughs> Oh my god. Except for probably kill me. Can we talk about the point system in immigration? So, so these points uh, are like they go based on like education. They go off of career. So like did you have a job in your home country? How much were you making in that home country? They ask you things like like how well do you know English? They also ask your adaptability level, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> oh my god. They ask so your adaptability means, level? What does that mean even? So how uh, adaptable are you to new uh, environments? What like, a stupid question. Yeah, like it's just it's ridiculous. There's a whole section on that. You get points based on. Oh god. So <sighs> So yeah, they vet they want the brightest, the best, well-educated people. And then when you get here, you're not allowed to practice. You're not going to get the same job as what you had back home unless you get Canadian quote unquote country, Canadian experience a western country yeah um, and, and how so many people come from western countries to canada though who are immigrants rare because most people are leaving for many different reasons but mostly financial reasons you know so mm-hmm. they're they're not finding any jobs in their country yeah so let us talk about that what is What is the thought process are behind the point system? What is it when you read about it with Canadian immigration, what sense do you get that they're trying to accomplish by 
having a point system. They want wealthy people. Mm -hmm. They want educated people. Oh, and adapt. Like you can take on Canadian culture, aka white culture. Uh, white culture. And there's no such thing uh, as white culture. It doesn't even exist because all we all we do, all we know, is white culture. That's why white culture isn't a thing. But I think it does exist. I mean, everything we, like you said, it's the culture we live in right now. But that's why we don't acknowledge it because it is already yeah. what we are doing. Do you exactly. know what I mean? The reason why we say Somali culture, Ugandan culture, black culture is because we have to say that <laughs> in yeah. order to be seen. Why we don't mention white culture is because that's why that's the the default. So, but yeah, we we do tell people that they have to not only assimilate. Like it's like it's you don't have a choice by force. You have to. You are forced to integrate into this culture or into this society, and not even for beneficial purposes because you don't benefit. You don't benefit from, and this is the conversation that I've 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 tried to have with black men that you can date every Sally, Becky, Karen that you want. At the end of the day, you will always be black. They will never. White people will never look at people of color as part of them. It's never going to happen, you know. Exactly. And that is how their system is set up. When you, but they want you to get as close as possible yeah but but then they'll never actually accept you anyways take for example um you know in america it doesn't matter which of your parents is as long as somebody slept with a black person you're black whether it was your mom whether it was your dad you are black they do not care you will never be seen as anything but black and that Mm. is part of you know that that whole thing of like racism as the moment you mix you're black Mm. nobody ever says oh that person's half white they just say black Mm. because that is how this this culture is set up and it's it's just so weird and like the the point system so okay so you want the thing that is amazing is is canada prides itself in their multiculturalism yeah laws are just a fancy of promoting white supremacy and capitalism yeah well disguising it as like fair and just so our laws always advantage people of color especially black people mm-hmm. it's just it pisses me off because <laughs> like is there any justice That's what, what i don't say. understand is why don't we just i don't know if you remember and this is why steve harper actually lost the election and he got booted out steve harper um he had began to do he said if you are a citizen you can still get deported if you engage in terrorist activity and obviously oh, yeah. he was he was trying to say like oh all you muslims are basically terrorists because that's like when you look at the the requirements that he's like oh i'm trying to stop terrorism really no harper you're trying to keep brown people out of the country especially brown muslims yeah i feel like that was like a waking point for a lot of us yeah because again i was affected because i was like well they don't need actual proof that i'm a terrorist they just need to suspect me yeah to be one and then Um, they can send me they can send me to africa exactly and i'm like to a country i've never lived in (laughs) and and this was in the wake of a case um of a, a kid who was born here 
uh, who I think went to join ISIS. That's what they say anyways. Yeah. Supposedly went to join ISIS and they were thinking of deport. And I'm like, deporting a child who was born here? And I'm not saying, and by the way, like, I don't want to be mistaken to say that, oh, I, I don't think he deserves jail time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is yeah. he does not deserve to be kicked out of the country. Mm-hmm because of you know because of his skin and then he so steve harper wanted to to impose this law that it, it didn't matter what generation canadian you were basically if you were black br- or brown your citizenship meant nothing the only citizens that actually would have because even you like he was like even people who are born second generation canadians like we don't care <laughs> you know yeah. you you would you would be deported um, there was a case in my community, a kid who moved to Canada when he was two years old, um, sexually assaulted a homeless woman. Mm. And during his hearing, during his court hearing, the prosecution suggested that since the child, since the guy was born here, I, don't, I keep calling him a child, he's an adult now. Since Because he moved to Canada when he was two years old, why don't we deport his parents with him? That way he will have his parents there. Because the defense was saying you can't send him back. He was two years old when he moved here. He's never been back. And so the prosecution proposed that, okay, fine, let's send the mom and the dad back then. And I couldn't believe it. You want to send two innocent Mm. parents back for something they didn't Mm. even know nothing about? Mm -hmm. And it was this huge, this whole fight, you know, his mom... She's a very hardworking lady, you know. Like they're they're working people. They they they're hustling. They've they've oh like you know they work so much, but they've never actually made it out. It's like those types of situations, and the fact that if this this lawyer thought, oh yeah, just send the parents back. Who cares? And they have other yeah. children. Yeah, it's it's just amazing to me. But then, and the one thing that shocks me about about Canada is that we always make ourselves feel better and be like, oh well, at least it's not as bad as the U.S. Oh well, at least you know the U.S. is worse. Maybe, but it still exists. The problem like, is still there. We have a long, Jen, We have a very long history of not permitting immigrants, not permitting or slowing it down. So, for example, like. In 1885, the head tax that affected the Chinese. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese workers who came over to work on the railroad, they they only allowed men. And so when they tried to bring over their family, there was a head tax on them. So like back back then, I think fifty dollars was considered a lot of money. Right. And then when they saw that how hard working the Chinese were, and that they were actually bringing people in, they made it higher. Wow. Yeah. And then there was also the Continuous Journey Act, which affected Indians, particularly the Sikhs. So the Continuous Journey Act was also in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And basically, they made this stupid rule where because they traveled through boats, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't want to catch diseases. So they made them, they said, like, only boats that didn't stop were allowed to come to Canada. Oh Can you imagine God. that? What is the chances? But these are the same people who brought tuberculosis to wipe out the natives who didn't want, and they didn't want diseases for themselves. It was just an excuse, Jake. They really didn't care about diseases. They, they didn't. That's what I'm saying. They, they really just wanted Indians to not come to their country, basically. And they didn't want to 
they don't want to outwardly say, uh, we don't want Indians to come. I wish they would, because that would make all our lives easier. If, exactly. If white people, if, like, if we could just be, like, listen, all you broke bitches coming, we don't want y'all. Y'all can stay over there. We don't give a shit. We only want... Like, why, Jane? Why? No, no, no. Like, but at least we'll know. But at least we'll know. We'll have the information. You know, like, if if Canada has straight up in their laws, we don't, if you don't have experience out of Canada, which basically means, you know, because we, we, when we think Canadian, we think white. If you don't have that, wow. sorry, sorry, bitches. Just have it wow. out there in the open so people don't waste their time. Wow. I'm sick and tired of these, like, subtle undertones and, like, you know, like, these, these, like, little tiny fine print things that just just come out and admit that you are a racist system and you just don't want people of color to be at the same table as y'all the fact that it takes when you look at black people who you know get into like you you see people like michelle jean who is the first black secretary general yeah she has her education is like she is highly educated super well spoken when black people get up there they have to be the extreme best of the best exactly but then you can have bitches like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, who I, I honestly, the ma- someone who cannot read. Yeah. It's amazing. Michelle Obama, the most educated uh, first lady in history, in the history of America. But Jay, even if he can't read, he has no sense too. That's what kills me. I'm like, fine. Okay, you're a leader. But how come you don't have a... But how, comes you, how can you get... I'm sorry, but why, why does an illiterate man get to be president i feel like you shouldn't be president if you are illiterate at least not president of america if you think that you can inject disinfectant it's it's actually yeah it's it's dangerous if you can't read because you know a lot of these laws are in you they require you to read the laws the policies (laughs) you know i'm not trying to disrespect illiterate people but it's like this is not the job for you (laughs) It's it's really not. And I don't get why he's a leader either because he was rich. His family was rich. <clears throat> no, he just wanted the utmost power. I don't think Donald Trump has ever seen the four walls of a classroom. I really don't uh-huh. think so. His uh-huh. father probably went to that school and is like, bitch, if you don't pass my child, you will have me to deal with. I don't think Trump has ever read anything. I just I just don't think so. Jay, let me continue with this nonsense. So, yeah. as of now, Canada's processing time is the slowest in Africa, particularly East Africa and Central Africa. The whole of East Africa, that's Somali, Eritrea, um, Sudan, Rwanda, and Burundi, they all have one visa office. Oh my god. Only, oh, just one. <laughs> yeah. They're telling us, we don't want you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Uganda, we don't even have a Canadian embassy. We have to go. Not go, but you have to send your stuff to to uh, Dar es Salaam. Oh my god. And then, if I ever lost my passport, I would have to go to Johannesburg. <laughs> oh my god. It's six countries. Do you know how long it takes to get to South Africa? Oh my god. Even going to Kenya is tough enough. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Canada. Uh, mm -mm. Like I know my cousin who uh, lives in Somalia. He has to come to Kenya to see the Canadian embassy. And I thought, okay, well, it's because of Somalia. But it's actually an issue because like six mm -hmm. countries share one visa office. <laughs> And that was the thing, like, when I moved to Canada, let me tell you guys, so my mom started applying for us to come to Canada in 2001. I wasn't able to, so I was issued a visa in 2003. It took three years to be issued a visa. Started when I was 10. No, two years, sorry. I took two years to issue a visa. We always had to go to Nairobi or send things to Nairobi because we've never had an embassy in, in Uganda. Mm. I remember my last uh, few tests because when you're coming to Canada, you have to do blood tests. You have to do a DNA test to prove that blah, blah, blah. You have to, you have to do all kinds of tests. I had to get a breast screening to make sure I didn't have breast. Keep in mind, I was 12. 12 years old. Me and my brothers, my brother is 15 and 18, had to do all these tests. It was crazy. And then they did an eye test. And then, I, I it, of course, because I didn't have good eyesight, they rejected my visa. They said, unless she gets her eye, eyes done, we, we can't do anything. My grandfather runs, gets me glasses. Then they say, okay, we need a urine sample oh. i go do the urine test they're like oh she's in her period when you're done your period you can come back and do another urine test and then we'll go from there so Ridiculous. my family i'm from like a super christian born again you know evangelical <laughs> type family yeah my aunties were like this is the devil the process was so annoying that my aunties were like this can't be real this is satan so they started taking me to church asha when i tell you I had to leave school to go to church. They put our passports in a little basket and they started rebuking demons out of that passport. Oh my God. Yeah, because they couldn't believe that the process was that ridiculous. It had to come from the devil. It had to be the handiwork of Satan. How can these people send you back because you didn't do a urine test? That is Satan. No, it's Canada. It is the exactly. Canadian system. Exactly. Then I came back, did the urine test, and then that is when they approved me to come to Canada. And then you move here. I literally thought I was coming to the land of gold and diamond only yeah. to move here we had a we had a one bedroom and we, you know when i moved my parents were well to do in uganda i grew up in like had my own room a compound gated communities um moved to canada my i had to share a room with my mom and my brother slept in the living room mm. that was my first <laughs> entry into canada and I lived in a, you know, a little one bedroom apartment mm. with my mom and my two brothers. Then we moved to the ghetto, <laughs> you know. Um, Where all the immigrants moved to. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I was with my, my, I was with my people. Um, we had, and then of course my brother, one of my siblings started getting into, you know, bad company and stuff like that. And that's when we, my mom made the horrible decision, the not horrible, but the tough decision of, of moving away and going to Ajax. Uh. But 
again in like a really tiny townhouse um government housing the amount of testing i had to do just to be good enough to come to canada and this is what you have for me that's what you guys that's it that's all you have like it's 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 amazing but asha thank you for coming this was this was good and please come back again uh we'll see you guys next week bye bye Thank <laughs> you.